Okay, look, there is so much that I want to share with you, um, and a lot of it is, is very important, so it's a matter of finding the right time. But just in regards to finances, um, <clears throat> we, are, we are just looking at our missions focus afresh, and we really do want to <clears throat> be a church that enables missions to go ahead enables young people, all people, to get engaged in the mission work and to experience missions and to go uh, to foreign lands and to go locally and beyond um, to share the gospel of Christ. And so last week, uh, Matt and I had a meeting with a gentleman from uh, Asia, from Malaysia, who, who works in a number of nations across Asia. And um, I really believe it was a God-ordained meeting. And um, we, I believe God is wanting to cr- uh, create a, a network that we can get involved in across Asia so that we can work in both Africa and Asia and Australia. So and this is going to open doors for a number of people who perhaps couldn't do Africa. Um, <clears throat> now perhaps Asia would be an option. So um, when it comes to our giving... We're going to be building into, giving into that, um, and not only Africa, not only the stuff here in Australia, but also we're going to begin to give into, into Asia and prepare for that. So I expect, I'm hoping to bring this gentleman to us in August um, to meet the church. You can listen to him, share his, his stories, and um, he's going into nations like Cambodia, Nepal, where the church is at ground level. It was at the nations that have been decimated. There's no Christian witness, and the church has gone in and is beginning. And I tell you, it is the most exciting environment to work in in the church because it's all brand new and it's all taking off. And uh, they haven't learned to be religious yet, and they haven't learned that it's not supposed to go like this. And it just goes like this, and it breaks loose, and uh, there is everything under the biblical sun that you can imagine. Demons coming out of people, and lame people getting healed, and blind people seeing, and pastors being raised up, and ministries kicking off, and, and going into, into villages that have never heard the gospel before. It's stuff like that. Uh, and going into nations that are closed, like Indonesia, uh, that are closed to the gospel, certain areas of it. So th- this is a great opportunity that God is bringing to us right now at this point of our journey. Um, and I believe that the, that the message on the finances was pivotal to this door opening for us to begin to think missions. Uh, you need to know that over the last 12 months, we have been unable to give to missions at all because we were paying off a debt and we, we had to find, cancel that debt in order to get our heads up. And you, know, you guys know what I mean. If you're in debt at home, how can you give to other needs and other things out there when you're drowning yourself? It's impossible. So God has brought us through that process of cancelling the debt and is now preparing us and giving us the foundations with this teaching on finances. So please... If you haven't caught up with the teaching on finances, please, please get hold of Pastor Matt and we'll give you the link and you can catch up on it 
and uh, that'll help us to do the job that God's calling us to do. And it's important, uh, I'm saying these things because it's important that you know that God's got something quite significant and unique for us to do as a church family. Then, in terms of this idea of missions, there are some people here this morning that God just highlighted to me that he wanted to confirm something to you. So, Jordan, um, God spoke to me about you, and I don't know your name, young lady with the green shirt on, Hannah. Okay. So, um, God spoke to me about both of you, and he said that there is a missionary calling on your lives, and that... Uh, he has put something inside of you that makes you different, that you don't fit in and you don't go with, uh, with the general flow. You feel like you're always out of sync with what's going on around you and you feel like you're kind of watching your own life happen as you walk next to yourself. And that is the call of God that is busy shaping you and fashioning in you to create you to be missionaries. You're not meant to be like everybody else. You're meant to break the mold. You're meant to go out beyond where everybody else goes. And God has put you in in a place like this so that you'd hear a message that goes beyond the normal and goes into the supernatural. And God's put a hunger in you for him primarily. And as you find him, as you dive into him, it's going to open up your life before you. And all the questions you have about what will I do when I'm big one day and what will I do when I grow up, all those questions will be, re- will be resolved and sorted out on the inside as you get close to God and allow him to shape you to be the missionary he wants you to be. Now, I don't believe that that word is limited to just these two young ladies. I believe that this church per capita is full of missionaries, m- way more than many other groups. I believe there are people here who, who are listening to this, and, and you, know, you know that I'm sharing a word with these two girls, but it is a word for you. You know that inside, and you're just like, man, why didn't you pick me out? Well, it wasn't your turn today, okay? But your turn will come. And there are others. I know who you are, and you know who you are, that God has called you for a mission. He's called you for something more than normal. And that's why you're in this place. That's why you can't stay away. You try and disconnect from this thing, but you cannot because the power of God has got a hold of you and he'll never let you go. And so uh, I just pray that you will resolve that, young ladies. You'll resolve that call. You will stop the struggle of trying to, you know, figure out how to do it without God and you'll surrender and go with God and watch what he'll do with your life. So hopefully before the end of this year, we will have a short-term mission into Asia, and I want you girls to pray and think about being part of that mission, okay? Um, If it's not this year, it'll be next year, but get ready, get ready. And every other missionary in this house, get ready. There is opportunity aplenty. On that note, uh, we are sending another missionary shortly, Tyra, who's going to be going to the Western world's most pagan nation. Did you know that, Tara? Okay, Scotland is the Western world's most pagan nation. There is no darker nation in the West than Scotland. As far as witchcraft, New Age, um, ancient occultic practices, Scots are winning that one. And that's nothing to be proud of. And so God has chosen of all the places where you could have worked and all the nations where you could have worked, he chose Scotland for you, Tyra. And Tyra, he gave you a gift. And he gave you a particular passion and gift. 
that he wants you to use in that battlefield that you're going into. You think you're going to be a nurse. You're going to be a lot more than that. You're going in as a warrior for God. And he's given you the gift of worship, your ability to prophesy in song, your ability to intercede in song, your ability to pray in song, to make declarations in song. He's going to use that, and churches are going to come alive. There is going to be significant spiritual activity over your life whenever you begin to do this. It is going to be significant. So uh, things are going to crack open, and things are going to move, and people are going to love you, and people are going to hate you. And you're going to polarize people. There is, but your sweet nature, your sweet spirit is going to make it really hard for them to hate you. So they're going to hate themselves for hating you. And so there's going to be a lot of conflict around you where you're not even looking for it. You're not even trying for it. And so, uh, you know, but you grew up in a big family. So you understand the nature of how this works. And, um, you know, it wasn't always conflict in your home. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what it's like to live with people and to get along with people when people are upset and don't like you. And so God's trained you for this. He has not put you out there to get all frazzled and scared. He has prepared you for this, and he's gifted you for this, and he's graced you for this. And so when you go, you are going to shift things in the spirit, and you're going to be a nurse, and you're going to learn and become great at what you do. But more than that, you're going as a missionary for God. And in the days ahead, we will pray for you, bless you, send you, but I want you to know that, and I want you to begin to get your... Your mind focused not only on your career, but also focused on your calling as a missionary to Scotland and uh, understand the nature of what you're going into. And that means that uh, there's some prayer people in this house who, as I've spoken about the missionary calling, spoken about these young ladies, prayer people, that's your uh, signal to get, get on your knees because um, they, for every one we send, we need two who will pray. And so um, we, we want to keep growing and keep enabling that. So on that, we, I really want to encourage you to get engaged in the hub so you can get trained in intercession and you can pray. And on that, we prayed on Friday night. Man, we had the best prayer meeting in the world on Friday night. Like the greatest prayer meeting. It just rocked. We were in the most awesome house to do that prayer meeting. So on that, tomorrow afternoon, I have a meeting with the Anglican Archdiocese to negotiate the lease of that building of St. Cecilia's. Please be praying for me. Um, God just keeps reminding me, you let me take care of the house, and I will. if you take care of the people, I will take care of the house. And so our pattern is miraculous, what God does with the buildings. And uh, I want to see that pattern continue tomorrow afternoon. I want to see God do a mighty miracle as he gives us that new building. And uh, if those of you who were with us, if you can pray about that, that would be great. Those of you who were with us on Friday night, you would have been blessed out of your socks. We prayed and we did some stuff that shook heaven and shook earth. Like the angels, normally I long to join in the song of the angels. Friday night, the angels longed to join in the song of earth. They wanted to get into our song. It was awesome. And uh, we just, we, we praised and worshipped and, and prayed for our nation. And what happened? 
What happened? Do we have a God who answers prayer? Do, are we that significant in God's plan that our prayers could actually move His hand? Does it have to be someone else, someone more important, someone more significant, someone more famous, someone from a bigger church, someone from a bigger city? Does it have to be that person who prays the prayers that God answers and God moves on? Oh, no, not a chance. It takes humble, obedient people who hear God say, come and pray, and then we come and pray, and he says, now I'm going to answer you. And when I answer you, I'm going to show you things that your little mind could not conceive. And I'm going to blow you away with the answers. I truly believe this. I mean, sometimes I struggle to believe it because I have insecurities. But I truly believe that we prayed and God answered. I don't know what the rest of the country was doing. I know people were fasting and praying. God bless them. Thank you for doing that, the rest of the country. But God heard our prayers on Friday night and he answered dramatically, powerfully, miraculously. And we got a great result. And I so want to encourage you this morning to be the kind of church that God can trust with the mandate for the nations. Okay, well, only two of you heard that, so now I've got to say it again. I so want to encourage you to be the church that God can entrust with a mandate for the nations. That you really believe that about yourself, about the call of God that's gone out through the generations and through the ages to normal people everywhere, to backsides of deserts in particular, to the most overlooked and unexpected places, that's where he's gone and called people with a mandate for the nations. You see, we are here not just to clap our hands, sing our songs, and then get on with our life. We are here to be the church of Jesus Christ. And that means wherever we go, we take transformation with us. When Jesus came, the world has never been the same. Everything changed. And then Jesus says, now I'm going and I'm putting my spirit in you. And wherever you go, nothing's ever going to be the same. Everything's going to change. But there's only a handful of people. Everyone hears that message. Go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's really cool, but we don't believe it. But there's a handful of people who hear it and believe it. And then they begin to act accordingly. They begin to pray accordingly, move accordingly, and things begin to happen that are just like, whoa, how did that go down? So wherever we go, we take transformation. If you're the only Christian in your family, you're taking transformation into your family. Your family's never going to be the same. My parents were the only Christians in their family. Both their family lines were very ungodly. And and for certain members of their family, they got saved right at the end of their life, just before they died. They got the rescue from God in. But then there were others, their cousins and the, 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 the offspring, who got saved and have gone into ministry and have become pastors. I mean, across our family, it is miraculous what happened on the back of, of two parents giving their life to Jesus. And they, of all the kids, the parents that, that got saved, my parents were the most unlikely of all. They were the bad ones. The good ones didn't really need God. But these bad two that I was born under needed God, and God got a hold of them. And as a result, the whole family changed. There's people in this room tonight and uh, today who need to be reminded that you take transformation into your family. The, ch- the family's not going to change you. You're going to change it. We also change the church. 
Church will never be the same. You cannot go into another church and sit there and be comfortable ever again. You will sit there and you'll be like, oh, what's going on? I'm sensing things. I'm feeling things. Oh, I'm hearing things. What's going on? What's going on? You have been touched by the prophetic hand of God. You were different. You cannot just be a coaster along. When you get into church situations, you want to move with God. You want real church. You don't want to play church. You don't want to spectate church. You want to be the church. When you go into a community or a region, you look at the community and region and you see all the problems. You go, this is wrong. Why is there that new age shop over there? Why is there that brothel over there? Why is the school getting the police call outs all the time? Why, why, why all these problems you see and you think you're being negative? No, you're not. You are the agent of transformation. God is opening your eyes to see the spiritual condition of the region and the community and saying, you are the answer. And so you start to do crazy things like a couple of men who go and dig a hole in the ground where one day a school is going to be. And you dig and you dig in the middle of the night and you plant Bibles and you pour oil on it and you pray over it. And then people, officers of the law come around and (laughs) ask you, what are you up to? Just blessing. You know, things like, isn't that right, Maynard? It's things like that that you do. It's things like you walk around properties and you walk around places and you, you lay hands on things. You, go, you write letters to members of parliament and you write letters to the government and you, inv- and you invite them to be part of special occasions and God begins to get a hold of them. And so the Christian witness begins to get important. And then they start to reach out to the church and start to call out to the church and say, listen, we, we're interested in what you have to say or what you have to think about this. Could you share with us? Oh, could you please pray for us? Uh, we're concerned. I remember one particular meeting with uh, one of the, the, the cabinet members of our nation. Uh, we, we all met down in their office. In that meeting, they said, look, we, we, we need your input on this current situation that we're facing, same-sex marriage, and we want your input. But going on from here, we really need you guys to help us. When this all dies down and we've got to get on with things, we need your help, the church, to help us to go forward. That was a prayer request that God heard and answered yesterday. The fruit of that. You're going to hear about in a few minutes as Trish shares some of the fruit of that, of that engagement, of getting involved and seeing God move. We change communities, regions, and nations. That's what we do. That's what's in us, the mandate for the nation. And I need you to know that, that this goes beyond one nation. We have the capacity and we have the potential to change nations. Australia changed Papua New Guinea forever. Not because of economics, not because of a military alliance, but because of missionaries. 1940s, 1950s, after the war, Australia decided that they would send in a wave of missionaries to Papua New Guinea. And today, one generation, and in that generation of the 40s and the 50s, Papua New Guinea was cannibalistic. They were eating one another. They were killing one another. It was tribal. It was, it was bereft of anything like civil, Western civilization. But within one generation, one generation, Papua New Guinea is a Christian nation. 90% of the nation claim to be born again. Christian people. And that is the result of one nation, Australia, saying, we will go. We'll give our best to the nation of New Guinea. And as a result, 
that nation is now an incredible testimony and witness to the Pacific Islands. And, and honestly, I meet with these guys, the church leaders, met with them, and they've spoken about their strategy and their partnerships in, in nations like Fiji, who are very close to the same, in Vanuatu, in the Solomons, in uh, Cook Islands, across the Pacific, God is doing an amazing thing because of missionaries who went from this nation and began that process. And it has just gone on. The mandate for the nations is on people like you and I. And the devil doesn't want you to believe this. He wants you to believe less. He wants you to believe you can do nothing. You've got so many problems and so many issues he would, that God would never use you. He wants you to wallow in that. He wants you to disconnect from the mandate for the nations that Jesus gave us. How can I say this so confidently? How can I declare this to you? Well, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. That sounds a little bit like a missionary call. Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. This was the first covenant promise that God made with a man. This is where it all began, and this was a missionary call from day one. The very first call of God to a man involved you be a missionary, leave everything and go and change the nations where I send you. And out of you, every nation is going to be blessed. That was the starting point. And you could say, well, okay, but that was for Abraham, not for me. Not true. In Galatians 3 verse 29, it's not on the screen, but I can tell you it. It's Paul writes to the Galatian church and he says, if you are Christ's, so if, if that's you, if you're a Christian, then you are Abraham's seed. You're a child of Abraham, and you are heirs according to the promise. That means if you're a Christian, you get the same promise that Abraham got. From you, every nation on earth will be blessed. Now, you have to tap into the bigness of that. You can carry on going, oh, no, not from me, maybe just my family. Well, when God called, the, called Abraham, he said, leave everything. Get out from under your family. Get out from under your father's roof. Get out from the land that's going to contain you. Get out so you can see how big I am. You can see the capacity and the potential that you can have to bring change. You need to get out from that stuff. And for some of us, we're wrestling with that and we struggle with that because getting out is a fearful thing. It's a risky thing. And so sometimes God has to intervene and use potentially negative circumstances to get us out so that we can become blessed and that all the nations on the earth can be blessed through us. Tara, Scotland will be blessed because you're going there. Scotland will never be the same because someone with a mandate for the nations is going there in that power and in that conviction. I hope. Take it on board. In 
In Matthew 25, verse 31 to 34, it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory all, and all the holy angels with Him, He will sit on the throne of His glory. And all the nations will be gathered before Him. And He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand and the goats on His left. And then the King will say to those on His right hand, the sheep, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This chapter, this particular portion of Jesus' words, really takes the lid off the potential and the focus that we should have as Christians. Whenever we talk evangelism, the church gets the idea that I have to go and speak to someone. Well, that's correct. That it, it works like that. And they will go, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. Okay. And so what Jesus says here is one day, he's not going to gather all the individuals before him. He's going to gather the nations. So one day, Australia is going to be presented to the King of Kings. All of Australia is going to stand before him. And he's going to draw a dividing line in Australia. And he's going to say, now, you're either a sheep. What does it mean to be a sheep? means you're a follower of the shepherd, the good shepherd. It means that you lived your life according to the instruction and the values and the principles of the shepherd. You're part of his flock. Or you're goats. Nations are going to be divided like this. And the idea is that this nation will be a sheep nation because The remnant of the church rose up and said, we will not allow our nation to become a goat nation. You know, whose head do they use to depict Satan? The goat's head. It's clear here the division, sheep and goats, Jesus the good shepherd, Satan the goat. Okay, so it's very clear in my understanding anyway. And so we have, a, we have an opportunity as the remnant of the church to become a sheep nation, to pray for this nation, to work in this nation, to minister to this nation, to, to lead this nation, to influence this nation, so that when we are praying like we prayed on Friday night, it is not some vain, vague, pathetic, well, gee, I really hope this works. You know, I'm just going to send this one up. This is the great south land of the Holy Spirit, I hope. That, that's not what we do. That's not what a mandate for the nations does. A mandate for the nations sends it up and says, God, you said, ask of us, ask of me, and I'll give the nations to you as an inheritance. So we are saying, yes, God. Give us Australia because you want it to be the great south land of the Holy Spirit. So we will be the great south land of the Holy Spirit. We will do things that reflect that word, that identity. And we will do it again and again. And we'll become intercessors who stand in the gap for the rest of the goats. We will wait until you transform goats into sheep. And that's where the one-on-one stuff happens, isn't it? As we go one-on-one to minister to the goats so they become sheep. That's the idea of evangelism. So don't be freaked out by it. You've got the power to go and transform them. They need it. Okay, they don't have the power of you. You have the power of them. You just need to remember that. But it's bigger than that. 
It's a nation's mandate. You've got to just understand how big you are, how important you are. And that what happened yesterday wasn't a fluke and wasn't some chance thing and some like crazy, how did that happen and confounds the wisdom of this world, which it did, which I personally love. I missed the moment on TV where they're all like jaw-dropping. I wish I'd seen it, but I saw it when Trump got elected and that gave me so much joy. Um, So, uh, you know... I missed that one about Australia, but I know it happened because they all said it wasn't going to happen. And then God said, "Mm, maybe I'll change your plan here. I love that. That's the power that we have. We tap into that. And when you ask God, how should I pray? And he gives you the words to pray. You can be pretty sure that's what he's going to do. How should I pray for Australia? Pray that it'll be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then watch what he will do. And so Jesus comes to us and he speaks to us like he spoke to his disciples. And he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of the age. What you have here is a mandate for the nations. It started with Abraham. It carried on through Jesus. It's echoed through the writings of Paul. And standing before you today is another prophet speaking to you saying, you have a mandate for the nations. You are not meant to be small and insignificant. So when a missionary call comes, you're supposed to rise up and jump up and say, that's me. You were brought to Australia. You were born in Australia to be a missionary. I have 100% absolute conviction about that. Because the, na- the mandate on this nation is to be an apostolic n- hub, an apostolic uh, focal point for the entire Southeast Asia and Pacific region. And apostolic means missionary-minded, sent ones. You're not meant to stay here forever and get comfortable and happy. Because if you do that, God's going to take your kids. If you focus on your comfort and you focus on your security, what God's going to do is going to say, well, I'm glad you've set up a little camp here, but that was never my intention. My intention was to take you to the nations. So you thought you were saving your kids by coming here? Well, here's some news for you. I'm taking them. I'm sending them to the nations. Okay, so don't, don't fall into that trap of trying to live a life of fear and containment because, you know, you're a Christian now and everything's got to work out sweetly. No, no, don't fall into that trap. Fall into the trap of adventure, of living a life on the edge and saying, God, I'm yours. Where do you want me to go? I mean, now I've arrived. I've got a great base in Australia, but it's not enough for me. I want more. I want the nations. And God said, okay, son, I'll send you. And where did he send me? To the worst places on earth in the best countries on the earth. I was sharing with somebody last night. I said, you know, like I, God has sent me to all the slums. And then I meet with the prime ministers and the senators and the governors. I mean, and I go, whoa, reality check. What am I doing here? You know, so, and that's it. What an adventure. What an adventure. Walking through the mud and the muck and the poo, talking to people, and then wiping that off your feet and stepping into the governor's mansion and, okay, change. It's radical. And that's what could be for any, anyone in this room. Because I was you when I was in my little teens. 
I was the kid sitting in church going, bored, counting the rafters. One, two, three, four, five. That was me. That was me. And then, and I heard, I heard them say, God's looking for missionaries from Africa to go to all the nations of the earth. I said, sounds good. I'm in. I thought I was ready. Not quite. I knew how to count rafters. I needed a little bit more. Okay, so God, as you hear that, you go, whoa, that's me. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Okay, because we, <coughs> we have a mandate for the nation. So we have and we, we had and we have a mandate for Australia. I got one. I'm just kidding. And we heard this some years ago. We had prayer meetings here and we were challenged about being Gideon's army, being the SAS um, unit that God could use. We were challenged about seeing a revival and a, and a transformation come to Australia. And we said, yes, Lord, we'll do it. How many of you remember any of that? Raise your hand if you were here for that journey. Okay, not enough of you. you, you the rest of you guys, you've got to get on board. It's happening again. That wave of renewal is coming again, and God's restoring that to our, uh, us as a church family. And, and just so you, you've got to get used to being the nation-transforming agent that you are. You've you got to step into that and, and make it a regular part of your life to regularly pray, God, these foundations are good. Please keep them in place. Help me to be a part of that. It could be that simple. Once a week, pray that. Make, make some kind of practical adjustments to be the transforming agent that you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um. We as the church are called to get engaged in the cultural mountains. All these places, media currently is overrun by the Antichrist. There's nothing Christ-like about media. And so it just makes strategic sense to me that we would try to look for ways to engage in, the, in media with a Christian response and, um, or a Christ-like response. And, and so you pick the mountain that God... Put in your heart the place where you go, where you love going. I mean, there are guys who just love business. Well, that's your mountain. Go take it. Break the power of the spirit of mammon and bring in the blessings of God into that business environment. Okay, I can carry on and on. But, but that means wherever you are being sent daily, engage with it. Don't come under it. Go in and change it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get busy, we get tired, we come under things, don't we? You just get caught up in the day. No, but you've got to fight to get your head up and say, No, I have been sent to you. I bring the supernatural power of God into this place. That's a different mindset. You are empowered and equipped saints. So if you're not full of power and you don't feel equipped, what does that mean for you? It's real simple. You need to get power and get equipped. So you need to invest your time and energy into making sure that stuff comes into your life. Otherwise, you'll go out there and get eaten up. We don't want that. And this is difficult for a lot of Australians in, in this generation. You have to be a warrior. You know, we, we've been raised in this I'm just going to say this. You can ask me about it later. The spirit of Jezebel is an intimidating spirit 
and doesn't want you to live out your, your identity as being a warrior. The spirit of Jezebel wants you to shrink back and be destroyed out of fear. The spirit of Jezebel is very nervous of you stepping up and saying, I'm here to fight with you and take you down. You're not going to rule over the place where I work or the place where I get educated or the place whatever. You're not going to rule. God's going to rule. You've got to be a warrior. You've got to think like that. You've got to wrestle with the spiritual powers and beat them. And that's part of who you are. There's a lot of Christians who are warriors on Sunday and then anxieties on Monday, like warriors with an O. We don't need that. This is huge, guys. This is massive. But it's also very personal. And we need to step into that. And so I want to read to you this this prophecy. We read it on Friday night. I just want to read three excerpts out of it by Rick Joyner. Let's stand to our feet. Would you stand to your feet? Let's listen to the word of the Lord. The prophetic word of the Lord for us as the church in Australia. Australia has been given the opportunity to become one of the great new nations in the world. Different from Europe, different from America, different from Asia. Australia must be willing to set its own course in politics, economics and faith. The Lord has put the adventure spirit in the heart of Australia for the, pur- <clears throat> for the purpose of mobilizing one of the great missionary forces in history. Australian missionaries will be found close to the great spiritual advances in almost every country. Put yourself there. This gift of God for attraction to adventure will be the key factor to mobilizing and motivating the youth of Australia. Australia will not lose its youth to missions, but we will lose our youth if we don't give them to missions. Father God, we just declare your greatness and you want to share your greatness with us, your children. You are the God of the nations and so you call us as your children carry a mandate for the nations so I bless you children of God with a fresh revelation today of your mandate for the nations of the bigness of the power of God that lives inside of you and that you carry of the testimony of Jesus and the power that that testimony has to destroy the works of the evil one and advance the cause of the kingdom of God in every sphere of life You carry the supernatural power of God within you. There is no weapon that can rise up against you, no evil force that can restrain you. There is nothing on the earth nor in the sky above or the sea below that can stop you and it can stop the advance that God has put in your life. You are the living, moving army of God. And I speak that out over you and I call you to live in your identity. I call you this day to leave behind the small things of this, of this earth and focus your eyes on the greatness of God and fix your eyes on the greatness of Jesus and say, that is where I'm headed. I'm going to spend all eternity basking in the greatness and the victory of God. And so I start today. Make that your commitment. Start today. Be who God has called you to be. Come on, let's declare how great our God is.